Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 6 of the Nebraska Soccer Talk Podcast. If you are in the Midwest, I hope you're staying warm. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share the Nebraska Soccer Talk Podcast. This week, we have a couple big college commitments to cover, a recap of action from the opening round of Summit League matches, and a really good interview with Marcus Kelcher, who is the head coach of Gretna Elite Academy's UWS team. Finally, I am also going to preview another recurring segment. I hope you enjoy. start off this week's episode with another recruiting roundup this week's recruiting roundup is once again brought to you by the world's leading u.s college soccer recruiting experts sports recruiting usa i think the biggest commitment news of the week has to belong to maggie gunderson maggie is a 2022 midfielder who competes for both thomas jefferson high school in council bluffs and the 04 gretna elite academy ecnl squad maggie is another outstanding area player that the mavs are keeping around I personally love watching Maggie compete on the field. She is a smart, hardworking, skillful player. I know the Mavericks coaching staff are excited about adding her to the program, and it is a great sign for their recruiting that they continue to keep some of the top players from the Omaha Council Bluffs area in town. Congratulations, Maggie. Gretna Elite Academy also has a second commitment this week, this time from the boys' side. Chance Hergott, a 2021 defender from Papio South and the 03 Gretna Elite Academy NPL squad, has verbally committed to Division II side Truman State. Chance's commitment makes him the 10th player from that GEA NPL squad to commit their future to a college program. Since I wasn't as familiar with Chance, I went on and was able to watch his highlights on Huddle, which I will link in the episode description, and I was really impressed, and I think his game will translate really well to the college level. Congratulations, Chance. Two other commitments I want to mention, Emma Gross, a midfielder from Fremont High School and Midwest Premier Academy, has committed to Central Community College, while Brenna Norris from Elkhorn Soccer Club has committed to Mount Marty College. Congratulations to both Emma and Brenna. And that is this week's Recruiting Roundup. For this week's interview, I welcomed Coach Marcus Kelcher onto the show. While Coach Kelcher wears a lot of soccer hats in the Omaha and Midwest soccer communities, we are going to be talking to him today about the Gretna Elite Academy UWS team, which will be competing in Omaha this summer. And now, here's my interview with Coach Marcus Kelcher. And now I'd like to welcome on the head coach of the GEA UWS team, Marcus Kelcher. He wears a lot of different hats for the soccer community in Omaha, but we're bringing him on here today to talk about uh, the Gretna Elite Academy UWS team. Thanks for coming on, Marcus. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. So first up, off the bat, uh, the last time this group and some of these players competed, they competed under Elite Girls Academy, and there's been some changes. Um, and so now they're competing under Gretna Elite Academy. But the other change is they were a really solid team in the WPSL and now you're moving into the UWS. What is the difference between the two leagues? Yeah, I mean, obviously they're two, they're two competitive leagues. I mean, they're, they're virtually, I mean, they're, they're the main two competitors in kind of this semi-pro circuit. Um, I mean, both uh, have got 
a, a pretty large membership. Um, you know, I mean, that they're both in the same markets. I mean, I think for us, uh, you know, we, we got our WPSL franchise back, and I, I want to say it was like 2017 or something like that, 2018. And with the first year that we competed in the WPSL, we really didn't compete in the actual league itself. We kind of use it as a buffer where we just trained, created a roster, did some fundraising um, and got everything in order. And then uh, the the next year we played uh, as a full member of the Heartland Conference. Um, we actually won the conference in our inaugural year, um, won franchise franchise of the year, um, had some other some pretty solid awards, um, you know, and then obviously you know, this past summer, um, you know, the, the whole COVID thing, the whole COVID thing hit, um, you know, and we were approached by the UWS about our interest in branching off and creating a Midwestern conference within, uh, within their membership, because they didn't have one at the time. Um, you know, and I spent a lot of time just kind of on the phone with uh, the leadership of the UWS, and, and it became apparent to me after a lot of dialogue that the, the, the standards of excellence, the integrity of the league, um, the people that were going to be involved, their long-term vision, um, it really aligned with what we were wanting from um, this summer soccer situation, you know, and we just felt like, um, we just felt like everything um, about our, our conversations throughout that two, three week period, um, you know, really made it crystal to us that, uh, you know, leaving the WPSL and, and joining the UWS was the right thing. Um, and then obviously we had some some clubs from our WPSL conference that made the jump with us. But for us personally, I can't speak on behalf of them. It, it all came down to it was really people that made the final decision for us. Cool. That's good to hear. It's That's exciting. Um, and then the follow-up question you kind of mentioned about the members of the, of the WPSL that jumped with you to kind of form what I think is called the central region or central division. Um, yeah, I know yeah, that Scott definitely. Gallagher, Scott Gallagher made the jump. What are some other clubs that you'll be competing against this summer in that, in that region? Yeah. 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 I mean, right now there's, there's five, there's five clubs within the, within the division. Uh, it's us. It's uh, the Casey courage, which was a member of the WPSL uh, previously. Uh, it's the Springfield demise who are also in the WPSL. Um, and then it's FC Wichita who are also in the WPSL. So basically you had those three clubs and myself that, that exited that conference and joined the UWS, you know, and then we were really excited about the announcement of, of St. Louis Scott Gallagher. Obviously they have a, a great youth setup um, in St. Louis. They're a staple of, of youth soccer. Um, they've got great facilities with, uh, you know, worldwide tech soccer park and some of the other stuff. You know, they, they, they pump out uh, big time youth players into the college game and bring them back and train them. And those guys do a phenomenal job. And, you know, and so it was really a, a big, um, a big priority for me when we kind of established what we wanted to do at the conference that, that we went after some clubs like that clubs that were going to bring instant uh, competitiveness to the conference, because for us, you know, it, 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 it's really about that. It's about trying to compete against the best, try to put our players in the most competitive environment as we can. And, and St. Louis Scott Gallagher was a big part of that. I think the future plans of the conference is probably going to add. Um, I know that Des Moines will be bringing in a team in 2022. Um, and then I think we'll probably try to get an additional two clubs where we'll have a conference of eight. We'll probably split it four and four and, 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 and do some things to, to make the travel realistic. But, but yeah, I mean, as of right now, it's just the five clubs. That's a good group, though, especially like you mentioned with Scott Gallagher, just a, a, one of the premier youth clubs in the, the middle of the country, um, along with some of the clubs in Omaha. And so that's that's exciting. And 
and you kind of spoke about their facilities. Uh, what facilities are um, the UWS team and GEA going to utilize for the players on that roster on the roster this uh, this summer? Yeah, we're going to use the landing pretty much exclusively. I mean, um, in previous years when we were playing the WPSL, we used Coniglia at, at um, Nebraska Omaha. But um, I mean, just with COVID and the way things have shaped up and the, the ability to rent state facilities like that, um, it, it became really problematic. And, you know, we're really fortunate at the landing to have a really great playing surface, um, you know, that, that doesn't have, you know, some of the soccer, you know, some of the football lines on it. Um, you know, it allows us... You know, the, you know, the opportunity to, you know, to play in a kind of a centralized area, you know, we, we feel as though the landing will be a good home for us. Um, will it be our permanent home uh, going forward? Uh, I don't know. I think a lot of that's going to be determined on on the success of us getting fans in the stands, you know, and if, if that's something that that happens, which we hope happens. You know, then then I think looking down the road, we'll probably have to find a venue that that maybe can can host more player uh, more and more spectators. But uh, certainly for the 21 season, we'll, the landing will be our will be our home base. Yeah. And, and speaking of fans, they're going to have an opportunity to come out and watch a really good brand of soccer and, and a high level of player. Um, if you've been following as a soccer fan on social media, uh, GA has been announcing um, their roster announcements for the team and it, it's chock full of quality players. I mean, I know a lot of these players just having watched them play in the high school and club ranks while I've tried, while I've been recruiting and then now watching them at the college. Um, would you say the team is going to continue to get better and continue to improve in quality? Like, is this, is this team going to be just as good as the team two years ago, or are we going to see a, an improvement? Yeah, you know, I mean, we're really excited about this year's roster. We've announced 20, uh, 24 of the, uh, and what, what we anticipate will be a 30, 30 player roster. Um, you know, it's a really good mix of, of, of uh, players that have played for us in the past uh, with, with some, some new additions as well. I mean, we're very fortunate at the youth level that, I mean, historically we've always, you know, put, you know, 20 plus players into college soccer every single year. So we've always had this nice alumni base that we've trained in the summer. And, you know, we really take pride in the fact that our main, our main priority, uh, what was at Elite Girls Academy, now it is at Gretton Elite Academy, is that, you know, it's all about producing college players. And college players can go on and play a variety of different levels, but be really dominant within that, whatever environment they're in, be prepared for it. And then, you know, our hope is that the most committed ones and the ones that, that really uh, have soccer as a staple of their day in and day out summer situation, you know, that we can provide an excellent environment for them during that time. And so, you know, if you look at the roster due to NCAA rules, we can only have five players per program. So, I mean, right now we've, we've announced five Huskers already. We've, we'll announce our fifth UNO player probably tomorrow. Um, you know, we've got, you know, several players from K-State, Kansas, uh, we've got five players announced from UMKC. Um, you know, we, we've got players from, you know, kind of all over the place. Um, we've got kids that um, obviously play at the University of North Carolina that, that will be announced uh, that we have yet to announce. And so, you know, for us, I mean, it's about building a, a really good roster, but the biggest thing for us is the commitment level of the players. I mean, before we make any sort of decision as to if a player is going to be uh, invited uh, to play or not, because it's pretty much invitation only. I mean, you've got a lot of these summer teams who have tryouts. We don't have tryouts because we have such a, a such a huge alumni base, you know. And so, you know, for us, it's it's about picking the right player, the right personality, players that are gonna you know kind of dominate the training space and and really set the standards where the staff doesn't have to really 
you know, talk up the players uh, with regards to effort levels. I mean, you know, effort levels at this level are, is, is a non-negotiable, you know, they set the standard. So yeah, we're really excited. We've got a real strong group coming back, a lot of upperclassmen and, and a couple kids that, that we feel are going to be really good leaders within the group. Yeah. I mean, just the, with that roster size, just the training environment alone is going to be awesome uh, when you're able to play with that, the level of player, but also the numbers you'll have at your disposal, you'll be able to do some really neat things during training. Um, so that said, games are going to be played at the Landing and Papillion. Um, right now, the plan is to have be able to have fans at the games, hopefully. Um, yeah. Is there are they going to be free to the public, or how how are that how are fans going to be able to come and watch? Yeah, I mean, historically, in our first couple of years, the way that we did it um, is that we had kind of a donation at the door situation where fans that came in, you know, you know, make a donation to you know to the you know, to the franchise when, when coming in, we, we haven't really made, you know, the decision as to if we're going to have, you know, tickets this year, what we're going to do. I mean, a lot of UWS, WPSL teams, they have ticket sales and things like that. I mean, you know, for us, it's about the community. I mean, we're not, we're not looking to make a bunch of money off of, off of spectators. We, we want to get fans in the stands. We want to celebrate women's soccer. We want to celebrate Omaha soccer. We want to show the community that, you know, while it's, while I think it's fantastic that we have a USL club in town on, on, on the men's side, you know, that, no, these these ladies can these ladies can ball, man. They, they got a lot of good players and, and a lot of really, really exciting, um, you know, really exciting kids that that come out and and are extremely gifted. Um, and we want to show the community that, you know, that um, that the that the women's side of of the situation is 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 also very entertaining from a spectator standpoint and. Um, and we, we don't want it to be just family members from the players. I mean, we want to bring in, you know, uh, the youth, you know, to watch the, the older ones play. We want to, yeah, we, we really want to branch out and, and make this community-based thing. And it's not just about Gretna Elite Academy either. I mean, yes, we compete under Gretna Elite Academy, but, but we hope that fans from, from all, all of the clubs in town will, will take advantage of watching some really high-level women's soccer this summer. Right. And I think you brought up a good point of bringing in the youth to be able to watch this team play like these high quality players, because that could eventually be them. I thought uh, Reg and Robbie shared a really neat story on last week's podcast about how she is now a Husker after being a Husker ball girl when she was younger. And I think that 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 means a lot when when players can see these high level players in a situation that matters and they're competing and they're playing at a high level as well. Um, against yeah, sure. opponents like that so it's it's important for the community like you said and it's it's exciting I mean these players we've seen these players grow up in this community and play in the high school and play in club and go and play in local colleges and so now to come and be able to come and back and watch them as they've grown even more um, and they're still competitive and still trying to win games like that's an awesome opportunity for young kids parents family former teammates, friends, all, all these people need to come out and watch this team play. Cause it's going to be exciting and fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and Reagan Robbie, we're excited to have her in, in the group this year. I mean, Reagan obviously is a, was a standout player, um, you know, for, for us for years and years and years with our ECNL program and, you know, tore it up in high school for Millard West. And, and now is by all accounts, you know, my conversations with John Walker is that, that Reagan's come in and has done a phenomenal job. I think Reagan has got future pro level ability. I think she's a kid that can certainly go on and play after college. You know, we've got Mackenzie Coons, who, who I am certain is going to be a pro. Um, you know, we've got, you know, we've got kids like Hannah Davis, who former Gatorade player of the year, Nebraska's all-time leading scorer. We've got Skylar Heinrich, Big East player of the year. We've got Lindsey Prokop, who was the WAC player of the year. So, 
we, we got a lot of talent. That, uh, that's some goal scorers right there. Yeah, well, and that's just the thing. I mean, I mean, listen, I mean, I, I think the way that we play and our, our, our playing principles, I mean, listen, for this team, everything's going to start and end with the press and we're going to defend high up the field and we're going to try to create as many turnover in our opposition's defensive third as we can. And when we got those sorts of players in and around our opponent's box, I mean, I think, we'll, I think we should score some goals as long as the coach doesn't screw things up this season. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. I just like listing off those names. I'm, I'm like, I don't remember watching those, those players score boatloads of goals in high school and college. So it's going to be fun watching that. And it's yeah. exciting that you want to play a, a high tempo, high, high press brand of soccer. That's going to lead to a lot of action, a lot of goals and a lot of entertainment. Like they just, again, that's what people are going to get if they come out and watch this team. And again, they get to support a local franchise and local players that, uh, that have grown up in this community. A lot of them, a lot of them have at least. Um, what's the commitment level that is expected of the players? Like you said, this isn't a tryout. This is handpicked. So I'm sure there's conversations that are had with coaches and with players. Um, what, how many training sessions do they have? How many matches are you playing this summer? Um, what is expected of players that are on this roster? Yeah, I mean, I think the commitment level needs to be high, right? I mean, I, I have conversations with every single player that that is added to the roster, of course. Um, you know, and, and for the vast majority of those players, I also have conversations with their college coaches. I mean, uh, the entire roster, with an exception of of probably three players will have a college coach that, you know, that I need to have a conversation with so they understand the expectations and and uh, basically for, for me, you know, uh, I, I basically tell the girls like, listen, like if you're not gonna be at training week in and week out, if you're not gonna be uh, training with um, the right standards and, and with the right purpose, this, it's really not for you. It's really not, it's really not gonna be um, purposeful. You know, I mean, this is about making sure that you're ready for your fall season. That's the big thing for us. We want, yeah, we want to win games. We want to win a conference championship. But for me, the most important thing, bar none, is that these players go back to their college environment better because they spent time with our staff and with each other. That's that's the deal. And so, you know, for, for us, you know, the players will train Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays here at the landing. Um, you know, sessions are 90 minutes, you know, here, here or there. Um, we, we do our, we are conscious of physical load. So Mondays are off because generally we play on the weekends. Fridays are travel day. Generally, uh, if we're at home Friday, if we, if we do a walkthrough, it'd be very light, but generally we, we would do that on the Thursday prior. Um, we do have some players that only train two of the three times. And a lot of that's, those are some of the power five kids who, who need to spend some time, you know, with the strength coaches at their, at their schools, you know, so some of that stuff were flexible. Um, you know, but, but we are very, you know, conscious of the fact that, you know, we need to keep, keep an eye on how much, what kind of load they're on. And the fact that we have 30 players, it allows us to have a good roster rotation, squad rotation. Um, you can dress 22 players. So, I mean, for us, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically four home games, four regular season home games, four games on the road, and then a couple scrimmages to get things started. So we hope that by when it's all said and done, the players, you know, they'll train three days a week starting around Memorial Day, going all the way into the first week of July, and then they'll get around 10 games total. So, uh, which is quite a bit, but, you know, yeah. if we manage it correctly, it's doable. Yeah, especially with that roster size, it should be able to be. And like the nice part about the roster size and the quality is even with roster rotation, you're not going to see it a gigantic drop off from, from, you know, the players, which is great. I mean, that's, it's, it makes selection headaches for the coach, I guess. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, if again, I mean, I just I named off all those attacking players just a second ago, but I didn't talk about kids like Mo Gore, who, who's obviously a, a big time attacking player, um, you know, and 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 you know several others. But I mean, I mean, here's the thing for for us too, um, you know, I, I think I mean we've announced 24 kids, 22 of the 24 kids have been Division One players. We've announced, you know. Um, I mean, listen, and, and it's not just our attack that's really talented. I mean, at, at the back, we've got Grace Brown, who's, who's a top player for Nebraska. We have Sophie Lamangi and, and those sorts of players that have played for us historically. Maybe the most exciting uh, announcement we've made the entire time was Jalen Oderman. Uh, Jalen Oderman played for me for five or six years as a youth player. She won two regional championships prior to ECNL even being around. So she won two legit Region 2 championships. She went to Nebraska as a captain. She won a Big Ten championship, a Big Ten tournament championship. She should have been a pro, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, Jalen might be the best player I've ever coached in my career, which is saying something because we've coached some pretty good kids. And, yeah. you know, Jalen coming into this environment, even if she's been out of school for several years, I mean, she comes in as as what we hope will be a leader at the back and, and can really, uh, you know, really manage that back line. And, um, yeah, we got kids like that too, that are super exciting. Um, and we're really excited. What, to... what an outstanding experience for the, the younger players on the team too, to have a player like that, just to train with and, and, and be around and even get some advice from, especially, you know, some of the current Huskers that are playing there now, um, to look at that per that player who's achieved so much in her career. I mean, like you said, region two championships used to be the deal. Like I remember yeah. when I, when I first started coaching, I took teams to region two before ECNL had started and yep. the level was, I mean, to win a region two championship, that's a big deal. So, Oh yeah. I mean, the team that she played on, I mean, her, that might be the best team that's ever played Brad in Nebraska history. I mean, you know, Jalen played on, uh, we, we won it uh, at U14 and we, we beat uh, Eclipse in the semifinals. We beat Hawks in the final. And um, I mean, they went on to nationals and played FC stars and defeaters and, and um Gosh, she was the who was the other group who played 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 at another group. But I mean, listen, like she she played on a tremendous team. I mean, that team alone, you had two professionals drafted on that team, and, and Jalen should have been the third. You know, Paige Nielsen, who's a starter for Washington Spirit, was on that team. Uh, Caroline Flynn played for FC Casey. I mean, Carly Mueller could have been drafted on that team. Carly was the led the SEC in assists from as a, as a right back. <laughs> wasn't going. I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, Jalen's going to bring tremendous experience to this to this team. And that's really when I was talking to her about joining the roster, I just said, listen, Jay, like not only are you going to bring obviously a, a great addition to us from a soccer perspective, but, you know, what these kids can learn about your training habits, uh, how fit you are still this far out of the college game, um, you know, you're leaning on your experiences. I mean, those are going to be invaluable. And, and really, I think that's part of also like, listen, when they're here within the summer, it's, we want those players to develop, right? We want them to to get better as individuals. And, and I think Jalen will help us accomplish that with some of the young defenders that we have in our group. That, that's awesome. Like that's, yeah, again, what, what a team that she played on and then she's going to help some of these younger players learn what it takes and hopefully that help them develop into getting drafted to be a professional player. Um, speaking of professional players have, you know, I probably should have researched before I came on, but have you had alumni from the past WPSL groups? Have they moved on to play? um professionally uh, like they're not on the team right now and they're they're somewhere else yeah we had meg brand our first year meg brand played for iowa rush and played at nebraska and she's playing professionally now in the league and yep. you know she's she's obviously um gone and playing i mean you know jalen was with the houston dash right out of right out of college um and ended up coming back but um but yeah i mean we we really feel that as we kind of get going you're, you're gonna see that be a lot more trendy you know we've got some players like i said i mean 
Mackenzie Coons, Regan Robbie, Skylar Heinrich, you know, these are players that, you know, have big time pro pro ability, you know, that's exciting. Yeah. So we're really excited about that. I mean, listen, like for us, it's, it's, you know, it's about creating a pyramid structure for our, our girls youth program and not just for at Gretna Elite Academy, but for across the entire state of Nebraska, like, listen, like you start as a, as a recreational player when you're very young and you move up into a more of a competitive situation. Then you move up into playing in whatever league platform you are provided. If it's USYS club versus club, or if it's ECNL with us, you know, then you go to your college situation. And then now we've got, um, you know, now we have the UWS. So if you're good enough, if you're committed enough, if you're self-driven and, and, and someone who we feel is a, is a good addition, now you can play at this level. And I think it's a pretty special level. And, you know, hopefully the next, you know, level for, for them will be, will be playing uh, beyond that in NWSL or, or, or whatever. So, yeah. So my, my final question is, we talked about the future of the players and, and what the, like what they could potentially do. What's the future of this UWS franchise look like right now? Or what, what are some future ideas or plans that maybe are in the works or that, that you, you would like to get accomplished? Maybe not just this year, but in like the, you know, two, three, four years down the road. Yeah, I mean, I think for, from the standpoint of, of our particular team, like the, the big goal for me is to create a sustainable uh, opportunity every summer for the best players in Nebraska and both Nebraska and regionally to, to play it within a group that is self-driven, motivated, hungry to improve, who, who take their individual development very seriously, who want to be better for the environment that they're in with us, um, who want to go off and, and have tremendous um, regular seasons and post seasons with their collegiate programs. Um, we hope that every year that, that the youth alumni that we continue to develop for years and years and years can go off to college and we'll come back and we'll, we'll compete on this team. I mean, this, this, um, that this team is, is, is built for, for players in Nebraska who, who, who want to, to take their development even more serious, um, for, for the conference, you know, I'm pretty fortunate that I'm, I'm going to be the conference commissioner. So, you know, from my standpoint, I, I look at it kind of two, through two, di- two different lenses. I look at it from the lens of like, what do I want to accomplish with the franchise, you know, with Gretna Elite Academy? But um, I also look at it like what I want the conference to look like, you know, and, and I think that the, the more teams we bring in who have real high quality rosters and who are really well ran administratively and, 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 and on the field also, like, you know, we, we want to add some more of those, you know, so we're excited about the, the Des Moines club that we're going to bring in in, in 22. You know, we've, we've got some real ambition to 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 add a few more. I know that I've been in talks with, you know, with Hugh in Kansas City about maybe a reserve situation there, bringing them in. So mm-hmm. we're really confident that we're going to add two or three really um, good additions, you know, in the next 12 months. Um, and then that's when I think you really are going to get something great, you know, when you got eight really good clubs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my, my, my big thing is, uh, you know, is just is moving the game forward. I mean, Joe, you've been doing this a long time. Uh, you know, you've coached at a high level and, and I think both, you know, you, me and, and everybody else in this town that, that is fortunate enough to coach, um, you know, the, the game that we love, you know, we just want to push the game forward. And I think this team will do, I think that team, I think this team is doing that. I mean, it, it's my hope that the community gets out here, supports these girls um, and, and that we really embrace um, what will be a, a really special situation as it pertains to high level women's soccer in Omaha. Yeah. And, and, I agree. Like we're just here to push the game forward. That's why we're doing, that's why I do this Nebraska soccer talk podcast. And I can guarantee you and the team and the listeners that we're going to do a really good job of covering this team because I just think it's a team that 
is going to be really good and really entertaining to watch and and needs the support because the more support that it has the more the better environment is the better the environment is the more enjoyable it is for the players and for the fans so uh marcus thanks for coming on we'll probably have you back on again sometime soon to either preview the season or give us a season update throughout it but uh, again thank you for coming on and and talking to us about the GEA UWS team. Yeah, Joe, thanks a lot for all you're doing. I think this podcast is tremendous. I think it brings notoriety to, to soccer in Omaha. And um, I really appreciate you uh, having me on as a guest. All right. We'll see you soon. If you are interested in becoming a sponsor for the Nebraska Soccer Talk podcast or website, please reach out to Talk at gmail.com. If you're one of our loyal listeners and would like to support Click the link in the episode description for more information. And that was my interview with GEA UWS head coach Marcus Kelcher. I can't emphasize enough how important it is that our Omaha soccer community supports this UWS team. It's going to be a quality team filled with quality players. Coach Kelcher and I talked a little bit off air, and there is a plan for the Nebraska Soccer Talk podcast to be involved with the UWS squad. So please stay tuned for more information on that. For this week's scores and schedules, we are going to cover and celebrate the start of Summit League conference play. The Summit League is filled with Nebraskans, and I am excited to follow along and also keep all of our listeners up to date with the happenings in this league. Yesterday, the University of Nebraska Omaha Mavericks hosted the 2019 Summit League champions, South Dakota State University. The Mavericks and the Jacks battled to a 0-0 draw, which I feel like is a good result for Coach Walter's squad. The Mavericks did outshoot the Jacks, but the shots on goal were near equal. Omaha native Maddie Smith was in net for the shutout, which was the first time South Dakota State was shut out in a conference game since they fell to NDSU on October 14, 2018. Joining Maddie Smith in the starting lineup for the Mavericks were other Nebraskans Grace Ostergaard, Grace Thede, and Reagan Zimmers. Other Nebraskans making an appearance on the field for the Mavericks were Gracie Parsons, Grace Crockett, Briley Meyer, Lauren Mertz, Molly Saron, and Alyssa Hansen. The Mavericks have the heaviest Nebraska representation, so they will be a focal point of our coverage this spring. The Mavericks were picked eighth in this season's preseason poll, and I think that will be a little bit motivating to the UNO side, and I look forward to see their growth from last year to this year. South Dakota State has their own Nebraska connections through their head coach Brock Thompson, as well as players C.C. Lamangi, Regan Anderson, Abigail Castens, Delaney Grant, and Mo Tully. Lamondi was in the starting lineup yesterday while Castens and Anderson made appearances off the bench. Coach Thompson is a Blair, Nebraska native. I am almost certain we will have UNO coach Tim Walters and SDSU coach Brock Thompson on the podcast at some point this spring, and I look forward to catching up with both of them and learning more about their squads. These two teams will meet again in, Mon- in Omaha on Monday morning. Unfortunately, due to COVID and facility restrictions, there will be no fans allowed. I personally am looking forward to being able to get out to some of the games, enjoy some soccer, and give our listeners a true recap of the action. Yesterday, the University of Missouri-Kansas City women's soccer side under first-year head coach Jess Smith traveled up to North Dakota to take on the North Dakota State Bison. Don't make fun of me for how I say bison. I am from North Dakota, and I can promise you that is how we say it up there. Anyways, UMKC has the second-most Nebraska representation in the Summit League, so expect them to make a lot of appearances in the scores and schedule segment. UMKC ran out 3-2 winners in a highly entertaining match, which included a goal from Nebraska native Sarah Karloff. It was Karloff's second career goal. While Karloff came off the bench along with fellow Nebraskan Kasia Anderson, there were six Nebraskans in the starting lineup for the Ruse. 
Emma Wilson, Bella Gonzalez, Sophia Grantham, Sophia Lamangi, Morgan McLaughlin, and Anna Jennings all started for the ruse in their win. Jennings being fairly active on the stat sheet, registering three shots, including one on goal. NDSU had a Nebraskan of their own in the starting lineup. Aaliyah Will- Owens, who played for Sporting Omaha FC, started in the midfield for the Bison. NDSU and UMKC will finish their series tomorrow in Fargo, North Dakota, and I look forward to following both teams as they progress through the Summit League conference schedule. The only other two schools with Nebraska representation are the University of South Dakota and Oral Roberts University. Oral Roberts University and University of North Dakota had their match postponed this weekend while the University of South Dakota was on a bye. And that is how we are going to end this week's scores and schedules. Tune in next week for the opening of Big East play, Big Ten play, as well as more Summit League action. The new recurring segment I mentioned in the introduction is going to be titled Nebraskans in the Pros. There are several players throughout the NWSL, USL, MLS, and leagues across the world that have ties to the state of Nebraska, whether that is through their youth careers, college careers, or both. I look forward to following all of them and sharing their journeys and successes with our listeners. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. As always, there are several ways you can support, but honestly, the easiest way is to just continue to listen, subscribe, rate, review, and share. I want to give a special shout out to former Missouri Western head coach, Chad Edwards. I know he is a listener. I just want to say I appreciate your friendship and support, and I'll see everyone here next week.